Chapter thirty three of the Roots of the Mountains by William Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Alderman gives gifts to them of shadowy veil. In the hall of the face, folk might sat on the dais at the right hand of the Alderman, and the sunbeam on his left hand. But Iron Face also had beheld the bride, how her face changed, and he knew the cause, and was grieved and angry and ashamed thereof. Also he bethought him how this stranger was sitting in the very place where the bride used to sit, and of all the love, as of a very daughter, that he had for her. Howbeit he constrained himself to talk courteously and kindly, both to folkmite and the sunbeam, as behoved the chief of the house and the alderman of the dale. Moreover, he was not a little moved by the goodliness and wisdom of the sunbeam, and the manliness of folkmite, who was the most chieftain-like of men. But while they sat there, face of God went from man to man of the guests, and made much of each, but especially of Woodfather and his sons, and Bowmay, and they loved him and praised him, and deemed him the best of hallmates. Nor might the sunbeam altogether refrain her from looking lovingly on him, and it could be seen of her that she deemed he was doing well, and like a wise leader and chieftain. So wore away a while, and men were fulfilled of meat and drink. So then the alderman arose and spake, and said, Is it not so, guess, that you would now gladly behold our market, and the goodly wares which the chapmen have brought us from the cities? Then most men cried out, Yea, yea! And Iron Face said, Then shall ye go, nor beholden by me from your pleasure, and ye kinsmen, who are the most guest fain and the wisest, go ye with our friends, and make all things easy and happy for them. But first of all, guests, I were well pleased if you would take some small matters out of our abundance, for it were well that ye see them, ere ye stand before the chapman's booths, lest ye chaffer with them for what ye have already. They all praised his bounty, and thanked him for his good will. So he arose to go to his treasury, and bade certain of his folk to go along with him to bear in the gifts. But ere he had taken three steps down the hall, face of God prevented him, and said, Kinsman, if thou hast anywhere a hauberk somewhat better than folk are wont to bear, such as thine own hand fashioneth, and a sword of the like stuff, I would have thee give them, the sword to my brother-in-arms Woodwise here, and the war-coat to my sister Bowmay, who shooteth so well in the bow, that none may shoot closer, and a very few as close. And her shaft it was that delivered me, when my skull was amongst the axes of the dusky men, else had I not been here. Thereat Bowmay reddened and looked down, like a scholar who hath been overpraised for his learning and diligence. But the alderman smiled on her, and said, I thank thee, son, that thou hast let me know what these our two friends may be fain of. And as for this damsel at arms, it is a little thing that thou askest for her, and we might have found her something more worthy of her goodliness. Yet forsooth, since we are all bound for the place where shafts and staves shall be good cheap, a greater treasure may be of less avail to her. Thereat men laughed, and the alderman went down the hall, with those bearers of gifts, and was away for a space while they drank and made merry. But presently back they came from the treasury, bearing loads of goodly things which were laid on one of the end-long boards. Then began the gift-giving, and first he gave unto folkmite six golden cups marvellously fashioned, the work of four generations of rites in the dale, 
and he himself had wrought the last two thereof. To Sunbeam he gave a girdle of gold, fashioned with great mastery, whereon were images of the gods and fathers, and warriors and beasts of the field and fowls of the air, and as he girt it about her loins, he said, in a soft voice so that few heard, Sunbeam, thou fair woman, time has been when thou wert to us as the edge of the poisonous sword, or the midnight torch of the murderer, but now I know not how it will be, or if the grief which thou hast given me will ever wear out or not, and now that I have beheld thee, I have little to do to blame my son, for indeed, when I look on thee, I cannot deem that there is any evil in thee. Yea, however it may be, take thou this gift as the reward of thine exceeding beauty. She looked on him with kind eyes, and said meekly, Indeed, if I have hurt thee unwittingly, I grieve to have hurt so good a man. Hereafter belike we may talk more of this, but now I will but say that whereas at first I needed but to win thy son's good will, so that our folk might come to life, and thriving again. Now it is come to this, that he holdeth my heart in his hand, and may do what he will with it. Therefore I pray thee, withhold not thy love either from him or from me. He looked on her wondering, and said, Thou art such a one as might make the old man young, and the boy grow into manhood suddenly, and thy voice is as sweet as the voice of the songbird singing in the dawn of early summer, soundeth to him who hath been sick unto death, but who hath escaped it, and is mending. And yet I fear thee. Therewith he kissed her hand, and turned unto the others, and he gave unto Bome a hauberk of ring-mail, of his own fashioning, a sure defence, and a wonderful work, and the collar thereof was done with gold and gems. But he said to her, Bear damsel at arms, faithful is thy face, and the fashion of thee is goodly. Now art thou become one of the best of our friends, and this is little enough to give thee. Yet would we fain ward thy body against the foremen, so grieve us not by gainsaying us. And Bome was exceeding glad, and scarce knew how to cease handling that marvel of ring-mail. Then to Woodwise Ironface gave a most goodly sword, the blade all marked with dark lines like the stream of an eddying river the hilts of steel and gold marvellously wrought, and all the work of a smith who had dwelt in the house of his father's father, and was a great warrior. Unto Woodfather he gave a very goodly helm, parcel gilded, and to his sons and the other folk fair gifts of weapons and jewels and girdles and cups and other good things, so that their hearts were full of joy, and they all praised his open hand. Then some of the best and merriest of the kinsmen of the face, and face of God with them, brought the guests out into the street and among the booths. There face of God beheld the bride again, and she was standing by the booth of a chapman, and dealing with him for a piece of goodly silken cloth, to be a gown for one of her guests, and she was talking and smiling as she chaffered with him, as her wont was, for she was ever very friendly of demeanour with all men but he noted that she was yet exceeding pale, and he was right sorry thereof, for he loved her friendly. Yet now had he no shame for all that had befallen when he bethought him of the sunbeam and the love she had for him, and also he had a deeming that the bride would better of her grief. End of chapter 33